Welcome to the Making After School Cool podcast, the link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during non-school hours. The Making After School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education, and I'm your host, Mike Wilson. Today's episode of the Making After School Cool podcast highlights National Bullying Prevention Month. National Bullying Prevention Month started in October 2006, when numerous educational and parental groups collaborated to sponsor community events and activities to raise awareness of the issue of bullying throughout the month. Currently, the national leading anti-bullying and cyberbullying organization for kids and teens in the U.S. is Stop Out Bullying. And I have the pleasure of discussing bullying prevention with Ms. Ross Ellis, the founder and chief executive officer of Stop Out Bullying. Ross has over 20 years of experience in the nonprofit and corporate sector and has been a child advocate for more than two decades. She educates on reducing and preventing bullying, cyberbullying, and other digital abuse, including educating against homophobia, racism, and hatred. Additionally, she educates parents about the safety of their children. In 2005, Ross founded Stop Out Bullying, the leading national bullying and cyberbullying prevention nonprofit for kids and teens in the U.S. Stop Out Bullying has since become the most influential anti-bullying organization in the country. It is an honor to speak on this important topic with Ross Ellis, whose work with Stop Out Bullying has been featured on numerous TV shows, including Morning America, Extra, The Today Show, Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, and many other national news outlets. Ross, thank you so very much for being my guest on the Making F School Cool podcast. How are things going with you? Pretty good. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. My pleasure. First, I want to start off with what inspired you to do the work to address bullying? Well, <laughs> I started a child abuse prevention organization and no one want, no one cared because they were so afraid of children being abused. So they couldn't handle it. And one day, um, back in 2003, I, we started getting all these emails and phone calls about bullying. And I said, well, that's nothing new. Let's look at that. And I, I said to the staff, I said, you know, that really is abuse. So we should be working with bullying. But cyberbullying didn't have a name then. So I spoke to all the um, internet and tech experts and psychologists and whoever I could find. And we put information on the on um, the Love Our Children USA website and the, and the site crashed in two days. Mm. So I knew that we had something. So we we fixed it. We we got more information. And then in 2005, I founded Stomp Out Bullying. And it's I'm so grateful that we have helped so many students. Yeah, yeah. Well, in many cases, when people think about bullying, they imagine a victim of physical attacks. However, bullying, harassment can take on many forms. Right. Can you share with us the different forms of bullying? Oh, sure. There's physical, there's emotional, verbal, um, racial, gender, homophobia. Nine out of 10 LGBTQ kids are harassed every single day at school. Mm. And it's usually about one out of five for, for kids that aren't LGBTQ. But n no matter who you are or what you are, 
you should not be bullied. Right. Well, for parents or someone who work with students, like our programs, we have a lot of after-school programs. Uh, can you describe what are some signs of a child or a group of students who are being bullied? Usually it's it's depression, um, loneliness. They, they kind of go into themselves and they'll stay in their rooms and they don't want to talk to their friends or their family. They may lose or gain weight. Their, their grades will probably suffer because it's such a, a huge thing and, and they take it so seriously, which it is serious, but they don't know how to handle it. So they just go within themselves and it creates such depression. It's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, as kids transition into adolescence, their own self-identity also starts to take effect. And sometimes other people, for whatever particular reason, if it doesn't fit their definition of how their age group should act, then they victimize others. And right. you know, that's that's just terrible in terms of self-esteem. Like you mentioned, you know, school performance, all of those other things. As a follow-up to the previous question, in many cases, victims of bullying do not tell adults about their harassment. What should a person do if you suspect a child is a victim of bullying? Hopefully their friends are around because there's nothing better than an upstander. And that is a friend or a friends in school, seeing what's happening, taking you away from the bully and looking at the bully and saying, stop it now. And that will usually decrease about 10% of the bullying. Mm. But kids don't always do that or they're not around. Sometimes the bully gets the victim alone. I know that children don't like to tell adults, but sometimes they really have to because they're not, their brains are not mature enough at a certain age to be able to handle it, especially online. So it's really critical that they do reach out to an adult that they trust. There's often a lot of attention given to the victims of bullying. What should be done to address the perpetrator of bullying, including punitive and non-punitive actions? We don't know why the bully does the bullying. Sometimes it's for no re reason at all. Sometimes it's because they're being bullied. It could be a numerous reasons. I would like to see the parents, and not all parents do this, by the way, but I would like to see the bully's parents not take the not my kid attitude. Say to the kid, we love you, but we want to help you because we don't like your behavior. And so we're going to work with you and we're going to help you change your behavior because what you are doing now is not acceptable. Yeah. I would love to see every parent of a bully do that. Unfortunately, they all don't. It's kind of interesting a school principal um, contacted me and he said, I don't know what to do. I have parents coming in. Um, we've got a bullying situation. And I said, okay, this is what you do. Have them come in, offer them a cup of coffee. Don't even use the word bullying. Just say, you know what? Johnny's a really valued student here at school, but Johnny has a behavior problem and we want to help you and help Johnny. Isn't that better than saying Johnny's a bully and if he doesn't get his act together, he's out the door? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely changed the perspective and um, it probably becomes less defensive for the parent. Exactly. Um, and, and speaking on like, you know, 
I'll, for lack of other words, I'll use the word denial. Some people's definition of bullying, they'll say, oh, that's just simple playing or teasing or, you know, my no, child means not. nothing by that. Can you provide like a definition of, of, of bullying? Bullying is constant harassment. Constant. Every minute. Kid gets on a bus. The kids don't let that kid sit down. You know, they're throwing things at him, yelling right in his face, pulling at him, hitting him. Mm -hmm. The um, recess bathrooms are the easiest place for a bully to get a victim. There are no cameras. Mm -hmm. So I like to see the victim become empowered. Right. And, we, and we tell them we have on our website comebacks. So if a bully said to me, Boy, that's a really ugly sweater you have on. I would look at him or her and say, oh, you noticed? Thank you. And walk away and not have a conversation. Right, right. Right? Or just shrug my shoulders and say, whatever. Or if you're too shy, I would laugh in the bully's face and walk away. Mm -hmm. That you've then taken away the bully's power, but you've empowered yourself. Yeah. And, you know, that's a great strategy because I think in many cases, A, we don't want to proactively address mm -hmm. bullying and we know it exists. We probably all at one point either experienced some form of bullying or were bystanders because we didn't want to be the victim of a bully. Right. And I think having a comeback and preparing young people for, you know, these scenarios is definitely a great way to kind of have that situation resolved. Um, and now that we're talking about strategies and things that you can do, resources uh, in regards to addressing bullying, uh, you started an organization, Stop Out Bullying. Can you mm -hmm. give us some uh, information regarding the organization? What all does it entail? Uh, I know you've involved a lot of people, celebrities, uh, right. students. Can you just tell us a little bit about Stop Out Bullying? Well, initially, Stop Out Bullying was just... And I don't mean just, but it was bullying and, and cyberbullying prevention. Because of what's going on in this world, we, we certainly focus on that, but we also focus on hatred, racism, homophobia, um, uh, LGBTQ discrimination, all of that, because it, it all is related. And I, you know, I just, when I see this, I get the chills. I mean, I intervene, I do. Kind of interesting, I was walking down the street one day and we have a high school near us. And I heard these boys talking about a, a terrorist in their class. And I'm like, hmm, in your class, you have a terrorist? And I went over because I just had to find out what they were talking about. And and I said, well, what's going on? Why do you have a terror? Well, because he wears a turban. Mm. And I, at first I had to stop myself because I didn't want to laugh. It, I mean, and it wasn't funny either, Right. but I looked at them and I said, guys, you could not be more wrong because he wears a turban. That's his culture. That is the culture he comes from. That is what people in his culture do. They wear turbans. It by no means doesn't mean he's a terrorist. Mm -hmm. So they got it. But then I went back to the office and called the principal. I said, I don't know these guys, they seem like really cool kids, but you need to educate your kids. Yeah. So I was thinking about it. And that day I had a media interview and they asked me, they said, what was your, what's your favorite event? And I totally made it up. 
It was, I swear to God, it was National Culture Week. As soon as I got off the phone with the media interview, I went to my staff and I said, all right, let's sit down. We're going to work this out. We are going to have National Culture Week. So we created that. And then the event to kick it off is Culture Shock. So we have a celebrity moderator with four or five celebrities. And they talk about what they go, what they went through as children, different genders, races, nationalities. And I'll never forget, I think it was two years ago, Jordan Fisher. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the kid is so talented. And he looked at us and he, and it was virtual because of COVID. And he said, you know, I grew up in a very wealthy white neighborhood. I think it was in Alabama. He said, I didn't know I was black until I was 16. Hmm. Can you imagine? Mm. So he had to deal with all of this. And at 16, you have a lot of years to catch up to, to know who you are, what you are, yeah. you know, develop what you your culture is and all of that. So it's very interesting. We, we had uh, Michaela J, who is a transgender. Mm -hmm. um, Mark and Delicato, who's gay. Uh, we had... Alison Stone or Stephanie Hsu. We've had some amazing celebrities, but each one talked about what they went through as a child. What, what was it their culture? Was it, what did they have to deal with? And we live stream these to schools literally across the country and beyond. The schools can't wait for these to, this event to happen. Yeah. And it is my favorite event. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when we throw things out there in the universe, you know, right. uh, it, it comes back and it, it definitely can be very, very fruitful because we're at a time in our society now where people have a voice. And mm -hmm. I know for young people, it takes them a while to gain confidence in which they can express their opinions, their thoughts, and in, in many times, in many cases, their own ignorance. And the resources that you're providing, it's helping to provide young people as well as old folks like, <laughs> like myself <laughs> with ways in which we can address this. I mean, bullying has sort of been around for a long time. It has uh, been. And unfortunately, we tend to have a reactive habit so like when you have school shootings and then when you talk and people are interviewed and they say well you know he may have been teased or he was a loner or, or anything like that and we don't do a great job of teaching people how to how do we include no, other people that are outsiders so you know i really do apl applaud the work that you're doing thank uh, you and I think even we think about bullying and I'm glad we do have a bullying prevention and awareness month because I think there's times where we minimize it. Schools just get so busy with their day-to-day -day stuff right. to right. where we, we, we unfortunately downplay it until an incident occurs. Uh, do you have any final comments before we go? Oh, I have a couple, but okay. one of them is every state in this country has anti-bullying legislation. It's up to the schools to enforce it. And mm -hmm. many don't. I'm not saying all of them don't, but many don't. And so I really want to see the schools start enforcing it because it's, it's for their students. You know, it's like, that was my kid. I would want that school to enforce it. Right. So they really need to enforce it. The other thing is that I think every person that works in school needs to be trained in how to deal with bullying yeah. because i saw a movie a couple of years ago where a kid was being bullied 
And the vice principal put the two kids together and said, now you apologize. Of course the bully apologized. He walked away. The poor kid that was the victim said, great, he's still going to be bullying me. Yeah. And it was the truth. And then we have this horrible mean girl effect. And it's I'm shocked that the girls are so bad. And what they do is they, they'll go to a kid and say, you should be dead. You should mm. kill yourself. That has to stop. And I look at, I tell kids, if someone told me to kill myself, I would burst out laughing uncontrollably. I wouldn't stop. Really, because who are they to tell me this? And what right does a child have to say that to another child? Yeah. So we still have a lot of work to do. I mean, this is my purpose, my passion, and my commitment to kids. And I will, till the day I die, I will work so hard to make sure that these kids have it so much easier. Yeah. Because it's not fair. And it's not easy being a kid today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, and she was telling me about her son is in, is, is in the ninth grade. And mm -hmm. he had a friend that he's known since he was in kindergarten. Somehow during the day, there was some conflict and his friend said some things I think was making fun of him or whatever. And my friend's son didn't know how to express his feelings. You know, when we think about it in elementary, we inform kids on, are you happy? Are you sad? But we really don't talk about anxiety that right. much. We don't talk about signs of depression. Mm -hmm. So there's things where kids are going through this stuff because of being bullying or feeling an outcast or just growing up. Sometimes life is, is, is just difficult. It and is. When schools and parents don't discuss and even give kids vocabulary on, like you said, how to address some of these situations, then it makes things a lot tougher than it, than it needs to be. Absolutely. What I would also caution parents, never ask your kid if they're being bullied because they will clam up and you won't get anything out of them. What you could do is say, you know, I'm hearing in the news, I'm reading stories about kids being bullied. Does it happen in your school? Mm. Do you know anyone who's being bullied? Please know that we love you so much. And if that was happening to you, we would be there in a heartbeat to help you. Yeah. You know, because if you start asking questions, it's going to be yes, no. Or they won't say anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you're right. I mean, when kids are little, they'll they'll run to you and say all kinds of stuff. But right. as they get older, uh -huh. there's trigger words that, you know, like you said, have them clam up. So right. we definitely have to approach it in a, in, in a different way. When I was a kid, we just looked at bullying as we knew who they were. Right. <laughs> we tried to stay away from them. <laughs> well, no, it's true. Look, I was bullied as a kid by the mean girls, uh -huh, uh -huh. you know, yeah. and I remember, I don't know how the principal found out because I didn't go to him, but he came down to the gym and he had all of us together. And I felt really uncomfortable because he was saying to them, leave her alone. Mm -hmm. So what I did after he left, I said, why don't you guys come over to my house after school? And we could just like listen to music and have some food and whatever. And they did. They came. We had a little party, chips and soda and stuff like that. And not that I was friends with them. I wasn't. But at least they stopped. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember this one instance. I was in junior high, I believe, like sixth grade, probably. And uh, my cousin, you know, a guy I grew up with, he was making fun of this girl. She was poor and her clothes were a little dingy. And, you know, unfortunately, she would have to wear the same clothes frequently. And I remember he made this little riddle. And I remember laughing. And years later, as an adult, I saw her. And I felt so ashamed. I mean, he, he and I were close. We were relative. I could have just told him, man, you know, that ain't cool. Stop that. Yeah, but, but years ago, years ago, bystanders weren't really around, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's great for bystanders to be part of the solution, not the problem. Right. And I've seen kids go over to the bully and say, stop that now and take away the victim to defuse the situation. It works, mm -hmm. but the comebacks, are, I mean, we have a whole list of comebacks on our website. It's it's under bullying and cyberbullying. Are you being bullied? Mm -hmm. And those comebacks really work. And your website is stopstompoutbullying.com, correct? Dot org. Dot org, okay. Uh -huh. Stopoutbullying.org. Right. And I'll make sure I have that in the uh, summary for, for the podcast. Great, thank you. But Ross, thank you so much for being my guest on the Making F School Cool podcast. And again, I want to thank you for all the work you're doing to address bullying. Uh -huh. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Making After School Cool. As always, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today where our topic highlighted Bullying Prevention Month. Please join us for future episodes as we continue to explore issues relevant to the out-of-school time field.